Our gospel today is in the book of Acts, and it's in the fourth chapter, and it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, so there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. The Gospel of the Spirit. So, when we were last in the series, it was a couple of weeks ago now because we did some Christmas messages. But Peter and John had been at the temple and they had healed a man who had been crippled from birth. So the, the famous line is, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, stand and walk. And he did. And so all these people gathered after he had healed this man who had been crippled since birth. And from that, Peter had preached to a large crowd about following Jesus. And a large crowd had decided, yes, I will follow Jesus. And this made a lot of the Jewish religious leaders really, really angry. And so these Jewish leaders gathered up and they seized Peter and John. And that's where we're at right now, where they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with Peter and John. Because right there among them is the guy who had been healed. And so we hit this point. And so a couple of things that I want to talk about today, because the point of this whole series is that that God's Spirit empowers us for mission, that God put us on earth not just to be focused on ourselves. God put us on earth to be focused on others. And so the same Spirit that empowered Jesus to do all the things that we see Jesus doing in the Gospels is the same Spirit that empowers us for mission. And St. Paul wrote this in Ephesians. He wrote, It was God who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of ministry. And so Paul's writing here and he's saying, hey, there's ministry to be done. There's people who need help. And often what we expect is if there's ministry to be done, then there's a guy who's a pastor who's supposed to do ministry. That, you know, he went, he, uh, you know, he, he, God pulls people apart and they go to, to cemetery, seminary, and then they learn all this stuff and then they're supposed to go and do ministry. But the Apostle Paul says it a little bit differently. He says there are apostles, there are prophets, there are evangelists, there are pastors, there are teachers. And what they do is they prepare God's people, which is all of you, to do ministry. And so I'm supposed to prepare 
you to do ministry. So whether you're uh, really, really young. Have fun. <laughs> whether maybe you're older like JD and have gray hair. Actually, JD's a pastor, so he doesn't count. He's supposed to be equipping other people for ministry. But let's say you're in elementary school or middle school or you're going to be in high school soon. Maybe you're done and you're working. Whatever, you're the people who are called to do ministry is what Paul's saying. That God makes pastors to equip you no matter where you're at or how old you are. You're the ones who are called to do ministry by God's Spirit. It's not me it's you as God's people. And so that kind of leads into this. Because I believe that God doesn't call people to ministry once they're prepared. I believe that God calls God's people to ministry and then prepares them. God doesn't call the prepared, but he prepares the called. And that's what we see here. Uh, and so it's talking about these religious leaders who had arrested Peter and John. And it says this. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, then they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Jesus prepared ordinary people for ministry. But that word ordinary, it's one of my favorite little parts of Scripture. Because there's a Greek word here, and I've used this before, some of you've heard this before, but I'm going to remind you of it. This word ordinary is the Greek word idiotes. Idiotes. What does that sound like in English? Idiots. This is really, when Bible translators translate this stuff from Greek into English, sometimes they're nice a little bit, and they try to translate it into kind of calm terms. But really what this verse is saying is these religious, educated leaders were looking at Peter and John, and they were like, these unschooled peasant idiots did this. And then they took note. That's really weird, because those idiots had been with Jesus. And what does that mean? You might even say that God gives his spirit to idiots to do things that will astound wise people. You are called, no matter where you're at in life, whether you're young or you're old, whether you think you're smart or you think you're an idiot, God calls the unexpected, he calls the unprepared, and then he prepares them to do the ministry, the mission that he put you on earth to do. God made you with significance, and God made you with a plan and a purpose, even if you don't know what it is yet. And if you're willing to say, God, I'm willing to be called, he's willing to use you for what he put you on earth for. But there's a couple of things you should expect from this passage. The first thing is, you should expect that if you're going to live the mission that God made you for, that you're going to be told to be quiet. You're going to be told to be quiet in a world that's very, very tolerant as long as you don't say what you believe. You're going to be told to be quiet. And that's what we see the religious leaders do here. And again, these are religious people. These aren't, these aren't like atheists or you know, non-believing people. These are people who believe in God and they saw a miracle happen, but they still told them to be quiet because they didn't like what they were saying. 
It says, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. So they didn't care if they did miracles. They cared if they talked about Jesus. It wasn't, hey, you guys have to stop doing miracles. Don't heal anyone else. They said, don't talk about Jesus. Don't say his name. Don't preach or teach in his name. They told him to be quiet about Jesus. And there will be times if we're on Jesus' mission, which is to tell everyone about the gospel, that Jesus loves them, was born in a manger, but died for them on the cross, that they could find life, and that he was raised from the dead, and that we can find life through Jesus, and that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody comes to God except through him. If we say that, people are going to tell us to be, to be quiet. They're going to say that's not tolerant, that there's... There's more ways than Jesus, but the emphasis of the Christian message is Jesus is the way. And sometimes if we live that, we tell people we believe that, they're going to tell us to be quiet. Also, if we're called, sometimes we're going to have to make hard choices because people are going to tell us to be quiet. They are going to say, you know what, you don't know what you're talking about. But Peter and John replied simply, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Peter and John basically said, you're telling us to be quiet. But I'm going to choose to obey God rather than obey you. You know, and and they were even respectful about it. And I I really I really think that's good that they they weren't like it doesn't seem like they were flippant or rude. He says, you can judge for yourself whether what we have done is right or not. But we cannot be quiet. We cannot be silent when we know a God who loves us. And we know a God who gives us life and who can do these things. We can't be silent about it. So we can expect to be told to be quiet. We can expect to have to make hard choices from that. But we also can expect, just like Peter and John, if we're willing to be on God's mission, that we're going to see unexpected things happen. I love this verse, Acts 4.22. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. They're saying that this man who was healed, nobody would have expected him to get healed. It wasn't like he was young and somehow he, he grew out of this and he, and he could walk again. This man was old. He had been crippled for a long time. Anyone who's over 40, I'm sorry I just said that. Uh, <laughs> but he wasn't young. and he, No one expected him to be healed. He had always been a beggar at the temple gates. And everyone expected he would always be a beggar at the temple gates. But God did something unexpected. And there may be something in your life that's always been a certain way. You've always made this dumb mistake. You've always screwed up. But God can do something unexpected in your life if you'll let him. And he can change you into something different than what you were. And he can make unexpected things happen in your life on mission for Jesus. We can expect exactly what Peter and John got. They were unschooled, ordinary 
idiots on mission for Jesus. And they, we, will, we will get told to be quiet just like they did. We will have to make hard choices just like they did. But we will see unexpected things happen in our lives just like they did. Because God doesn't call the prepared. He prepares the people who he calls. And he's calling us as his church. Because God gives his spirit to ordinary people. Just like you and just like me. And I want to close out with, with two things to consider. Because sometimes we think that's a little weird. You would think that God would call the most extraordinary people. But he doesn't do that. And here's why I think that's true. I think first it's true because when God calls ordinary people, then his name is made great, not ours. When God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things, then people can say, wow, they're ordinary people. God must be doing something amazing through them. And you see this expressed in, in 2 Corinthians where it says, we have these treasures in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. A jar of clay in ancient Israel was an ordinary thing. They were everywhere. It was something normal that you just kept stuff in. It's like a Rubbermaid tub in your basement. It's an ordinary thing. God puts treasures in ordinary things to show that all the power in the church is from Him and not from us. So His name is made great. And also, I think God gives this to ordinary people because they're often more grateful for it. Extraordinary people, if God, if God does something in their lives, some, they, they tend to get prideful and think it's something that they did or something that they accomplished on their own. But Luke 7, 47, Jesus, is, Jesus says this about someone. He says, therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who's been forgiven little loves little. He who's been forgiven much, loves much. He who's been forgiven little, loves little. We're, when God gives his power to ordinary people and uses them in extraordinary ways, we have so much gratitude because we realize the situations and the lives sometimes and the mistakes and the dumb choices that we've come out of. And we have hearts of gratitude for that. God gives his power to ordinary people who he's called on mission because it makes his name great. And because we become people who are worshipers of Jesus out of a heart of gratitude for the amazing things we've seen him do in our lives. Would you pray with me? God, I know that you've called each and every one of your people on mission for you. God, that we as a church, that we have pastors and, the, and we do ministry, but God, our primary calling is to equip your people for mission, your people for ministry. God, that you call the unexpected, ordinary idiots to do extraordinary things. God, that there's so many of us in this room who, God, you've given extraordinary gifts to. And God, I don't think there's anyone in this room who, who's an idiot. God, we have, we have great people. We have people who have so many gifts and talents that you've given them. God, we all have things that we deal with. God, we all have brokenness. But God, you are preparing your people. There's so many gifts in this room for, for your mission and your ministry. 
God, I pray that for each of us, you would not let us be complacent with being where we're at. But God, that you would show us what you've called us to do. And that we would be on your mission in our schools, at our jobs, in our families. That we would be people who are willing to be vocal and to talk about who you are, Jesus, and what you've done in our lives. And Jesus, as you invite us to your table right now, we ask that as we remember your body that was broken for us, and we remember your blood that was spilled for us on the cross, that that would strengthen our commitment to be called by you and to be prepared by you for the mission that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.